Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you leave here saying, I have to serve God, I gotta be in the parking lot, I gotta get my 10% saying, I'm in five years, I'm I gotta go. If, if that's your member attitude, then you've missed the whole thing. And I question whether you really have a relationship with God. Because what response do I have to somebody who saved me from hell and gives me everything I need to serve him? What response would I have? I'm so grateful. Aren't you? That's what it's about. What is your heart towards ministry? Today, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to consider the truth and foundation of their relationship with Christ. Scripture states that Christ's love compels us. Is it compelling you today? The work he accomplished on the cross for an undeserving people should motivate us to live our lives for him. Instead, we can often be trapped into blaming God for the bad in the world, yet taking credit for the good. Don't become callous to the repetition of the gospel message. Its power can and will change lives, and the Lord wants to use you to do it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew with his continuing study entitled, Be Ready, Be Working for God. each man or woman should decide what he or she has decided in their heart to give, not reluctantly, because I have to, or under compulsion, Pastor Mark said, I have to, for God loves, say it with me, a cheerful giver. So what does that simply mean? Here's another verse you want to see, Luke 6.38. If you give, you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together to make more room room for more and running over. Whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it will be used to measure what is given back to you. Here's what you want to write. Don't rob God. Don't rob him. Don't rob God and yourself by not giving back to God the tithe. So many of you are new to the fellowship. You don't understand giving you, maybe you've been to a place where you were given an envelope or somebody came by and knocked on your door and asked you to give a pledge or whatever. We don't do that. That's up to every other church. They do it their way. That's okay. But I never apologize for giving biblical principles because many people will give their time, their talents, they'll serve in ministries, but when it comes to money, not a chance. Well, you're going to stand before God. You give an account for your money. Let me give you a clue. If you'll start tithing, 10% off the top, by the way, we don't know. I don't know who gives. You understand that, so it's not an issue at all for us. But I've learned in my life, I can never outgive God. We taught our kids at a young age. By the way, how do you think all of these things happen? 
God takes it. How, how do you think we started? 15 years ago, we started at the Hilton with no money, zero. How did we get here today? People give. God doesn't walk down and go, here's a check, Bomber. Well, I don't ask him, like, is it good? Is it going to bounce? God's check never bounces. Yours might, but God's never does. No, God doesn't do that. He uses his people to give by these principles. And when you give to God, God gives back to you in lots of ways. No manipulation, no hype. If you misunderstand this principle, your whole life will be upside down. I'm very serious. Matthew 25, verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. He doubled in that kind of sense, his abilities, times. And he said, Master, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. And his master replied, well, to be honest with you, I was looking for 25. How can you only have five? Some of you have that mentality. And here's your mentality. You can never do enough for God. I got to do more. I got to do more. I got to do more Bible study. I got to do more giving. I got to give up. Where'd you get that? You see, what God gives me, I'm just responsible for that. I can't open doors. I'm just responsible for God. So Jesus doesn't say to this person, hey, I'm looking for 25. You only got five? Notice what he says. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Hey, come and share your master's notice. Your master's happiness. You mean serving God is a joy? Hello? Yes. And there's going to be joy in heaven. It's going to be beautiful. We'll look at verse 22. The man with two talents came also and said, Master, you've entrusted me with two. I've gained two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Look at the last part of that verse. I will put you in charge of many things. When is that? I think there's two aspects of this. If I'm faithful and efficient in expanding the kingdom of God with my time, talents, possessions, money, opportunities, I believe that you're going to see in a moment, through the law of use, God's going to open more opportunities for right here on earth. But really, this is about heaven. You see, when I stand before God on the judgment day and we're in heaven, God's going to say to me, I'm looking for those words, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm going to be then given much more responsibility to serve him throughout eternity, forever, through all the worlds, whatever he's going to create, brand new heavens and new earth. So watch me. If you've ever taken a little rock, smooth rock, and you've been in a lake somewhere, and you threw it across the lake, it skipped, and then as a result of that, you saw ripples. Just go out and out. You see, if I'm faithful and just do what God asked me to do, the ripples extend from my life into eternity. That's unbelievable. It's not just here for these 70 years. It goes on and on and on and on. So it's critically important that we understand the principles that Jesus is giving us. Now, That brings us to number five, the last one of our keys that's on your one talent. Here it is. 
Invest your life or your talents faithfully. Faithfully. Now, what does that mean? Notice Jesus didn't say to these two men, you've been spectacular. No, he just said, you've been faithful. It's not about being spectacular. It's just about being faithful. And it also has nothing to do, the same words were given to the man who had five as the man who had two. I'm not responsible for the man that has five. I'm responsible for just the ones that I have. There's individual accountability. Now, there's a verse in the Bible that has much to do with these talents and how we invest our lives. It says this in Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Ask yourself this morning, preview of coming judgment. What are you doing with your life for God? Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. If God's spoken to you, do something with it. You see, we don't teach for information. We teach for application. That's the principle that's given here. Look at verse 29. You'll see how important this is. For everyone who has will be given more. And he will have an abundance. Look at the opposite. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Everybody on all of our campuses on the internet, they know this phrase. Finish it for me. Use it or... See, no, we understand that. Exercise, talent, in the natural world. We never correlate it spiritually. So that verse that you just read... In the Bible, you can write it in your notes. It's called the spiritual law of use. Here's what it says. It simply says this. If I'm faithful with my talents, God will increase my opportunities and talents. All of you, when you were younger, many of you, you had to take piano or some other instrument. And you hated it. And as soon as mom and dad said, okay, okay, at least you got a little bit of culture in you, you can stop it. You went, praise God. Then you hit 25 or 30. You come here this morning, you see the praise band. And I know, I've been through this many times. Many people say, I wish I'd learn the piano. Because man, would I love to be up there using it. See, if you don't use it, you will lose it. If you're a person that studied Spanish in high school, And God sends you to the mission field 20 years later. If you've done nothing than order two tacos at the stand, you ain't going to do very good with your language, are you? But if you use it, you won't what? Lose it. So what does this mean? Well, notice, spiritually, if I use what God gives me, then God will give me more opportunities. I learned to teach, teaching Kids in Sunday school. You see, if a person can learn to teach six or eight boys that are ages eight to ten and keep their attention, you guys are a piece of cake. (laughs) If you can learn to do that and just continue to use it. I look back at my life 
And I can see how God, if I use his talent and study and ask for the anointing, God gives me more and more and more opportunities. It's exactly the same for you. It has nothing to do with not being a pastor. Now, here's the last one. Expand the kingdom of God faithfully by working hard. Notice Proverbs. Proverbs 13. Lazy people want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. You can have all the talent you want in the world. You can have all the time. If you don't work, there's no profit. You remember the parable? Jesus simply says, he simply says to these servants, here's your talents, go invest it. He doesn't tell them how. He doesn't tell them where. He doesn't follow them. He's not looking over their shoulder. He just says, go and invest it. Well, where do we learn to do that? You see, God begins to speak to us. He tells us how to invest our time and our money for the kingdom of God. And it will always include work. If you're not self-motivated, you will not accomplish much for the kingdom of God. You see, the motivation comes because you love to serve God. Not because somebody checks you off. Be self-motivated. God will give you the desire to work for him. Look at verse 19. And after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Paul calls this the Bema seat. In your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. And we won't be back really to Matthew. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5. A Bema seat. It's exactly what Paul talked about. It's in the old days when Paul was there, it was kind of a, uh, uh, in the center of a town, a raised platform called the Bema. You can see it here. And what would happen is it was public proclamations and, and uh, winners of athletic contests got their rewards there. So this is a picture. Obviously, it's not going to happen in Corinth. But Romans says, we will stand before God's judgment seat and give an account of ourselves to God. So when I stand before God, I'm going to stand alone. And he's going to talk about my money, my time, and my talents, and my gifts, and my opportunities. And everything is open to him. Let me just tell you, when you stand at the judgment seat of Christ, it's the end of the spin zone. There's no more spinning. You, you can't finagle God and go... Well, God, I really can't. No, it, what you see, God already knows. Look at this verse I ask you to turn to, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we, Christians, Christ followers, must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Notice, must. That each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good and bad. So when will this happen? Right after the rapture. Every single Christ follower will be judged and rewarded. Don't don't look at this as negative. It's positive. By the way, it has nothing to do with salvation. This judgment that you're going to be at is in heaven. Salvation's a free gift from God. Has nothing to do with our works. 
believe has to do with our eternal destination. I believe that Jesus will forgive my sins by faith. But behavior has to do with our eternal rewards. So I'm never saved by good works. I couldn't ever be good enough. But I am saved for good works. In other words, if I become a real follower of Christ, you'll see it in my life in many ways. Not perfect, but you'll see it. Let's talk about the third servant in the parable. Just look at me for a moment. Remember the third servant got it, his wand, put it in the ground. When Jesus comes back, he says to the third servant some interesting words. Let me read them to you. And throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, there's a lot of debate. Who is this third servant? Is this really a follower of Christ? What does this really mean? Let me remind you, a parable usually has one or two key principles. We already know what the key principle is. Just work. Work for God after you become a Christian because you're going to stand before God and see how you did expanding his kingdom. Now, I'll give you an idea about this. This man that loses his talent and is thrown outside in the darkness, what is he? Personally, I would say this. I don't know if it's true or not. It doesn't really matter. I believe that this third servant was never really a Christian, never really a Christ follower. He didn't really know his master. Why? You can't be a Christian or a Christ follower today and believe God is angry, unfair, hard to serve, doesn't care for you, and he's not gracious. You you can't have that idea about God. God is great. He's wonderful. He's the best boss you'll ever have. And he forgave you of your sins and gave you a new start. How can I believe he's hard? He's not. So I believe this is a picture, a perfect picture of somebody who's religious, but doesn't have a relationship. As Jesus said a couple weeks ago, I don't know who you are. I don't believe this man knew. Secondly, Jesus called him wicked and lazy. His actions proved to me he didn't know God. You see, the Bible says this, if you love me, Keep my commandments. If you're here today and you say, that was a nice couple of weeks, blow this stuff off. Who cares? Then I want you to ask yourself, do you really love God? It's not because you have to. If you leave here saying, I have to serve God, I got to be in the parking lot, I give my timber saying, I'm in 5% of my, I got to God. If, if that's your, remember, attitude, then you've missed the whole thing. And I question whether you really have a relationship with God. Because What response do I have to somebody who saved me from hell and gives me everything I need to serve him? What response would I have? I'm so grateful. Aren't you? That's what it's about. Now, I'm going to be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. How faithful I've been with my life, my time, my talents, my money. It's really... It's really a place, well, look at verse 10. You're right there in 2 Corinthians. Look at the last sentence in verse 10. So each one will receive what is due him for the things done while in the body. In other words, things done within the body, whether good or bad. 
In other words, God is going to be judging, evaluating all things done while in my body. Let me ask you a little question this morning. How much time do you spend in your body? How much? All the time. So are you saying to me, Pastor Mark, that this verse says God's going to judge me and reward me as to all the time I spend in my body? Yes. Here's the thing that you got to get through your head. We have this thing in our mind that we're like split in half. I'm religious and I'm secular. And I come to service on Saturday night or Sunday morning, Wednesday. I'm very religious. I'm going to do very good there when God judges me. The other five days a week, I'm doing my thing, man. I'm secular. Oh, I love God, but don't have time to do that. I'm doing this and that and the other. No, no, no. There's no such thing for a Christian as religious and secular. I'm a follower of Christ. Listen to me. 24-7. Do you understand how many times I've said to you, Christianity, following Christ, is not an event. It's a lifestyle. So I'm going to be responsible. When I leave this pulpit, some of you go, nice sermon, Pastor Mark. I know a couple of you will give me that. Nice sermon, Pastor Mark. How I treat my wife this afternoon. When God opens the door with my neighbor to help, to give a cup of cold water, to do whatever. When you leave this building, you're in your body. What you do in that body to expand the kingdom of God is crucial. That's what I'm going to be judged for. So understand this quickly. The final rewards are going to be about outward service, but inward motives. It's not just about the things I do, but why I do them. Motives are huge. You see, God's made a tremendous investment in your life. He expects a significant return. That's why he's left you on this earth. My opportunities for heavenly rewards are limited to right here for these 70 plus years or whatever. The impact I make here is that ripple effect forever. Jesus says it like this. Look at this verse. It's very important you understand this verse. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Well, how do I get my name in that book? You can't be born into it. A church can't put you in there. You have to say, Jesus Christ, I want to be born again. I believe you died on the cross for me. You took my penalty. You took my sin. I exchange your wonderful sacrifice for my sin. And you begin the lifestyle of following Jesus Christ. Not an event. An event will not get you there. An event will leave you forever out of the book of life. The spiritual law of use says that faithful service increases our talents. Today we learn from Pastor Mark to invest our lives humbly, wisely, joyfully, and faithfully. The more we look to expand the kingdom by working hard, the more we will develop as Christ followers and draw closer to the Lord. Not that we are only to work for an end reward, but that we might be obedient to our call on earth. How have you invested your life? Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com 
and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5 and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Well, it's our hope and prayer that this journey through the Gospel of Matthew has been a blessing to you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Each day, Pastor Mark has taken us verse by verse through all 28 chapters of this exciting book. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin a brand new series in God's Word, and we hope that you'll join us. We wish we had more time today. On behalf of Pastor Mark and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us, and may God bless you. See